News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekuler and the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you for 30 minutes or so. Hope it's a good Sunday morning to get you going wherever you might be or what you're doing. In the studios with us, Kevin Dissler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Good to see you, sir. Good morning. Good to see you all. Always a pleasure. Also here, my buddy Randy Rocky, Swan Financial. You can reach him at 645-0736. Good morning, Bob. Good good, good morning. They do a great job. Everybody does a great job. But, I mean, you do a great job getting loans closed. Kevin and Pitt & Frank do a great job in getting the closing actually accomplished. And then my son, Greg, does a great job doing marketing, photography, and a variety of other things. Good to have you here. Sir. You know, f- quick funny story. I was at the, I was at my bank, my big branch bank, yeah. and uh, they were saying, hey, did you hear that the, you know, the rates are really great on homes? I said, let me stop you there. I have a guy. His name is Randy, <laughs> and I will never leave him. Oh, there you go. Well, thank to you. Make sure yeah, Randy knew it means that. means a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> that, that is good. Yeah, so son Greg, you can re- see what he does uh, on Social Instagram. media, Instagram, at We Sell Louisville, Facebook, Greg is a color. I'm out there. If you want to see what we're doing with our photography, go to Louisville3D.com. It's not just 3D. It's got video. It's got a lot of stuff in there, Louisville3D.com. Also, a little later on today's show, you ready, gentlemen and folks? Seven reasons to be a no-shoes house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We tried this. It yeah. sounds easier than it is, but you got to put it in practice. It's true. It's a smart it's idea. We'll talk more about that a little later on the show. Let's go to the phones first. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. Yeah. This is Barbara. Yeah. I'm thinking about buying a home next year. Okay. I have a real problem with the thought that someone might have been murdered in the house. Ooh. Don't laugh, but I really believe that their spirit remains in the house. Hmm. How do I know if there was a murder or suicide in this home? Okay, this is not the first time this type of a question has come up. The seller's disclosure that sellers are required to fill out in detail in Kentucky and southern Indiana does not address spirits, murders, things like that. Mr. Dissler, why is that? Well, why, he why don't they, they, <laughs> he's not in charge of it. Well, no, there's no. No, I, I was just sitting here with a smile because I just came back up from Jacksonville, Florida, and there yeah. was an ad. There's a dot com now where you can punch in for a price, of course, and they'll give you a background of any deaths in the property, any type of murders, uh, anything. Is it in Florida only, or is it all over the country? I, it was. It, I think it was in Florida, but it was kind of an interesting way. They just go back through, I guess, all the records and uh, whatever to match you tech up. guys do with an algorithm. But you punch yeah. in, yeah. I'll tell you. Has anyone died in the house? Were there any murders? Is there a criminal history? And it was kind of thinking, well, if they're charging, I think it was 50 bucks. Yeah. I'm assuming there's a market for this. I presume. Well, there's a phone call for this market right now. What about just a natural death? Someone dies in the home. Uh, As well. So would a natural death be stigmatizing? Well, depending, I guess it would many, be depending there, on the eye of the beholder, right? I would well, suspect that. Suggesting it, I think in her, in her questions. Yeah, I think Barbara would also be thinking. Right. Also, well, that would be stigmatized yeah. at that point. So, so folks, this is the interesting thing. So, we in the disclosure, attorneys who have created this disclosure. Let me just point this out: that real estate agents, loan officers, and anybody else who's involved do not create this stuff. This is done by our. A, a board committee and then attorneys. Well, this comes from a state level, right, Kev? This it's in the state, state of Kentucky, stigmatized properties are not. We don't but need to disclose. No, these no, no. But legally. my point is, some of the things that are asked are uh, if formaldehyde has ever been used. Um, then what's the the drug that uh, 
Breaking Bad that they crystal were crystal meth, crystal meth, meth, meth house, meth house. Meth yes. House. yes. So it shows you how well, these, how in tune am I with the well, drug the new scene, right? Out, but... hey, what is, oh, I can't remember. It's it was Breaking that blue Bad. stuff. Well, that, that that's serious. We we had someone that had a tenant in a house, and they yeah. had the daughter up in the bedroom who was not producing, but apparently had used it. And just a small contamination. I think it was about a five thousand dollar cleanup bill. Wow. Yeah. So I mean that that's, that's serious. It's not, uh, we we when I lived in Lexington, there was a house a couple down from us that got busted, and we were all we all watched the whole thing go down. It was great. We all we all knew it the whole no, time. No we friends saw, of yours. We, no, 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 no. These these were not college students. These were grown men that were no one was going around. But anyway, so <laughs> just my point though is that that doesn't ask and it. One of the suggestions that I would probably make for Barbara is if there's a concern, obviously there is, is to ask your agent before you buy a house to ask the seller to ask the the seller's agent to ask the seller if there has been anything now there's and there's another idea yeah, well, I, mean, I said the seller may not know it might be a prior owner of the property i, yeah. I do realize there there's a case i think it was a haunted house in shelbyville or shelby county and we're not talking a, a halloween where, haunted house we're talking no, about no, an yeah. actual one it was well known in the community and yeah. that was something that should have been disclosed i think was a court decision in that oh really yeah well and we had one that was down there was disclosed as being haunted or the the knowledge in the community was it, was, it actually helped the value of the property we did the closing, oh. and they actually oh. thought it was kind of neat to uh, to live in a home that had a reputation of being honest. And we've talked about this in the show before. It's one of those things that you want to disclose because if you know it, if, and this is on the other side, if you know a house has a, stigmat- a stigmatization yeah. and the neighbors know about it and it's not being disclosed well, for one reason or another, it's best to, you know, you have to tell your agent if you want to disclose or not, but you tell your client on the selling side, well, if your neighbor knows about it and it gets out, it could hurt but you. So there, and therein lies the second suggestion I was trying to get to here, and that is... This happened happened to actually happened to myself about ten years ago with a client. The neighbors we had put an offer in on the home. The neighbors went knock, knocking on doors next door to say hi, meet some of the neighbors around the block because they wanted to introduce themselves that they're by. And one of the neighbors said, "Oh yeah, there was a murder at this house back about ten years ago." And the buyers, my client, said. We're not buying. Yeah, we're out. I get it. So we got them out on one of the the inspection clauses. Yeah, but. I remember my my retired uh, law partner. Now he actually had a one where where I think they were Buddhist faith press, but they mm-hmm. had uh, someone actually come in and determine for whatever reason they they felt that the house and whatever the the, the spirits that like a shaman or something. Yeah, and they, they, they backed I mean, out way- based on that. I mean, Listen, there's a way to tell, but it's re- that's religious freedom. If they can, if if that's how they roll, that's yeah, I get how they roll. It. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I forgot the the, the, the faith, but yeah, they yeah. basically came in and just felt that that it was not suitable. Yeah, and walked away. Yep. If you are thinking about selling your home, we have a free no obligation booklet that has hundreds of useful tips. You want a copy? We can send you via email. It's pretty simple. Uh, call, send an email to Bob at WeSellLouisville.com, and then put selling tips in the subject line, and I'll send it right out. To you, no, no costs, no obligation. Just help to see how we can help you. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekola, Louisville Real Estate Show News Radio eight forty WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Dave. Yeah. My wife and I are buying our first home, and we may. I repeat, we may have filled out the mortgage paperwork incorrectly, stating our income. I've already put an offer in on a new home, and it was accepted. Could this jeopardize the purchase of the new home? Randy? Yes, but what should have happened is the uh, the loan officer should have looked at your W-2s unless you just did it same day. 
you know, within a couple of days, you should be able to get your pay stubs and W-2s over, and then they would have done the adjustment and then make sure there was still an approval. So wait, so back up here. So the, uh, Swan, and I, I I appreciate this and love this about Swan, is that they'll do due diligence up front, mm-hmm. for the most part, without issuing a pre-approval letter first. So it's just... Not just oh, how much do you make? Write it down. Okay, you're approved for this amount of money. That's right. Now, if you're if you're in a situation on a weekend and yeah. they work at Humana and and you know the credit score is good, DTI is good, we, we we'll go ahead. Subject to we get something on Monday or Tuesday from you guys. If if they can't access it at that point, we do do uh, we'll do that. But then we let the, the the listing agent know as well. Hey, here's here's the situation. But you don't have them verified. Yeah, yeah. By the so way, it's only a couple of days. You for know? those of you shaking but your that heads. Does, DTI stands for debt to debt income. Debt to income. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Yes, ratios. That, that's, right. great. that's okay. No, that, that's Explain. what I'm here for. Let me ask you a follow up question. Is if someone does that and you found that they've given you improper, inaccurate information, right? Does that go in a database or they go down the street? No, it does not. What happens is, is a lot of times, is sincerely, the the client doesn't know how much money they make. So uh, then we we explain it to them, and then they're they're good with it. And probably probably about. Um, I mean, if I had to say an average, probably 15 to 20% of the people that I do mortgages for don't know what they make a year. So let's now take it to the next step. And let me bring you into this, Kev. Sure. So here we have Dave who may have inaccurately uh, reported their income. So your suggestion on how to get him out of the contract since, or does, if he, he's going to possibly need to get out of the contract because. Well, he's uh, going to get a letter of denial. Yeah. Anything else that you would recommend from a legal standpoint well, I mean, to the, cover him? You as... know, the, the question is a good faith mistake. You know, you just don't know how much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're making, you know, 40000 a year and you put down 200000 and then, it's you know, you go to verify and you found out the guy's. It's no, usually not that far off. That, you're right, Kevin. Yeah. Usually, you, usually you're ten to fifteen thousand off is what my clients are. They they just they yeah. well, if they verbally tell me, but then I check but, it. But two thousand eight, I mean, two thousand seven years before that, that was one of the the issues. People misstating income. There was no income verification. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That was the whole right. other issue. Yeah. 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 Trust and not verify. Right. So, some, I'm sure there are listeners are probably saying, "Well, how would someone not?" Know how much they're making. Well, no, because here's how it is. I went and got a car the other day. We went. We had to get a new lease, right? And they, we weren't expecting to do paperwork. We we're going to go test drive the car. You know, we we wheel and deal. We do what we know. It's the end of the month. We're trying to work a deal. Everything's shaken out, and then we're good. Here comes the loan paperwork. I don't have my tax book there with me. I don't have my gross income so, but statement. But you can estimate with what you're right. But you exactly, okay. and I'm estimating, and I could be that, a far that, off that's because right. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a CPA. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I give my my give my income statements to my CPA. Well, and especially and he self-employed. Tells, he tells me how much yeah. money you're I make. You're right, Greg. And in a lot of ways, you're self-employed on certain things. Right. And that's specific. where the ten to fifteen percent comes in. But then some. You have some people that work at Ford, and they they just don't know what they make. Yeah, overtime, not always. Yeah. Now I'm not saying Ford. I, I I should say any any place. And you know, it just is. But, but I'm going to give you Ford here. I have a lot of Ford I customers. Love, I love my F one fifty. Wait, just we'll saying. wrap this point up in, in just one yeah. point here. Yeah. That and I think I'm going to show it as an example to all of our listeners. Here's how it could be easily uh, misstated. So I walk into. Swan or any other mortgage right. company, and they ask, right. "What's your income?" And in my head, I'm thinking I'm making um, sixty thousand dollars a year, right? And say part of that forty thousand is my full time job, and twenty thousand is my part time job. And then later on, either that day or probably days later, 
you get into more detail or the mortgage company or the loan mm-hmm. officer gets into mm-hmm. more detail with me as the, the buyer and I reveal, well, I've been on the job on my uh, my second job for a year and a half. And then you tell to me, tell me you what? You cannot. Uh, you have to be on a part-time job for two years. Two years. So, that is correct. Right. So now you can't expect... How'd you know that, Bob? I didn't think you. What you what, I'm, just like, what, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was <laughs> got just, into this industry I'm yesterday. Surprised. Come on, and I'm married to a loan <laughs> officer. You kidding me? She makes me to re- Sandy makes me recite these things daily well, before I'm able to. Relationship. It's a heck of oh my god! How many years do you have to be on a second job before we'll allow it? And I go, okay, Sandy, I think it's two years. Come here, right? All right, you can go outside and play in the yard. Okay. So uh, no, I but that's but no. that's what I'm saying. It could be an easy mistake. It, it can, and, and, and that's the, what I'm. And there's no, yeah. so you can't hold it. You're right. It's just an innocent well, mistake. Okay, you know, like that alimony that comes in. You think you make uh, exactly. X and that yeah. complications. A lot of things. Well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show News Radio 840 WHJS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Brittany. Yeah. I just closed on my new home last week. My realtor and I did a walkthrough of the house, and everything looked good. After the closing, I went to the house to put some food and clothing away and went to heat up a cup of coffee in the microwave and discovered it looked like a small bomb went off inside. My agent never opened the microwave. Is there anyone I can talk to? Oh, so a dirty microwave. Um, agent never. Uh, first off, well, I have a, what? I have a problem with the verbiage there. Started blaming the agent. And and listen, if you're doing the walkthrough with your agent, there is some due diligence as a buyer for you to open closet doors and open well, up. Oh, you're saying the buyers well. are Well, I'm just saying, okay, if we're going to point it just sounded like she was pointing the finger directly at the agent saying, uh-huh. "Well, the agent didn't open the microwave, therefore, can I go who do I, who do I go back to yeah. to get a clean microwave?" Well, I like to go back to what Lee Harris always says. First, you can kindly call the listing agent, and say, hey, the microwave was left a mess. This is not broom swept. This is not a condition that is satisfactory. So you have options. Mm -hmm. You can have somebody come clean this microwave. If it's in working condition, we can ask for money. And you can go the whole, we can go to small claims court for a dirty microwave. So let's go go to the legal opinion opinion on this, Kevin. So realistically, it is the seller's obligation to leave the broom swept, but it doesn't say microwave clean. Right. Well, that's the question. What what some people consider to be clean, other people have a higher standard. <laughs> yeah, right. And so that, that comes into play. But in this case, like you said, the best approach is to pick up the phone and call. But, you know, you're not going to go to mediation over at, you know, a yeah. $20. I, I that's such a lawyer yeah. response got, on the clean I've, deal. I've got yeah. a better, that was, that I've was got Kevin coming as a coming out. better case. Real quick. Right. This just happened with one of my case. personal friends and uh-huh. buyers. Uh-huh. Multiple closings. There was four stacked up. So domino closings. They're all. They've got a, a newborn and a, and a three year old. Okay, we're at the closing table. The the seller says, and this is a, a divorce situation. The seller says, I'm going to need until actually three thirty today. We had done the pre walkthrough. Everything was done. The, the the listing agent actually had a cleaner go over there. But when they closed, we left. Three thirty rolls around. They go. The movers who were moving the gentleman stuff out had not finished. Now we're in a situation, right? Yeah. So we're in a problem where they need to get in. They can't. They've got they've got their they've got dogs. They've got kids. They've got housing issues. Now they're going to be stuck. They they could not get their stuff in there that day. Wasn't possible. So what did we do? We worked like good agents do. We called the other agent. We discussed it. We got the seller to give him sixteen hundred dollars to reimburse all of his damages, uh-huh. which we laid out, which were all in line because of housing, dogs, inconvenience, movers. 
everything. Got it taken care of. Sellers were happy. Buyers were happy. Okay. No so issues. pick up a phone and make the call. Pick and, up the phone and make yeah. the phone call. Was it the agent's fault for stacking four back to back to back, by the way? No, it's just this was this was one of those instances where yeah. it just kind of lined. I mean, this happens all the time yeah, in our does. industry. It's just picking up a phone and working it yeah. out. I think for yeah. the most part, people want to make it work for everybody. It just, but in a microwave, I think you go to the seller's agent and ask the seller, "Hey, would you come over and clean it? This is a mess." And yeah. then if they say no, then you're gonna make the you, decision. You, you know what's a great thing is is, yeah. is is it's the biggest transaction of most people, but overall. Most people are pretty, yeah, good. pretty good. They're pretty yeah. good, yeah. and and, and yeah. that's good to see in this in this country that well, they really are. It's know, fantastic. Seller may have just been scrambling around cleaning absolutely. up and forgot. They just yeah. forgot. These things happen. Yeah. Everyone, everyone oh, thinks absolutely. it's the worst. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> you'll see the worst side of people, <laughs> yep. and you'll see the best side. That's uh-huh. right. You All know. right, every we're, day. We're going to take a break uh, in just a couple of minutes. When we come back. We'll find out whether people in our studio wear shoes or not shoes at home. But we're going to give you seven reasons to be a no-shoe house. It's going to gross you out. And by the way, not really. If you want to see what people are saying about us uh, on Zillow, it's easy. Go to LouisvilleZillow.com. That's LouisvilleZillow.com, and uh, you'll read our reviews. I think they're pretty good. In the studios, uh, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, six four five zero seven three six. They do a great job of getting loans closed, not only that, but also have great interest rates, so you want to check out with Randy. Also, Kevin Diss or Pitt & Frank Attorneys, you can pick the attorney you want for your closing, and Kevin and Pitt and & Frank Attorneys is the group to go to at 895-9900. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment with more of your questions on News Radio 840 WHAS. Pitt and Frank has long served your real estate closing needs throughout the Louisville and Southern Indiana area, including our newest location in Oldham County across from the Southeast Christian Church in Crestwood. But did you know that Pitt and Frank can assist you with your estate planning and long-term care needs? Don't leave your loved ones the burden of being unprepared. There are solutions available to protect assets and income as well as plan for your long-term care. Call us today at Pitt and Frank. 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help take the first step in your house hunting journey visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today 
Here's a message from Shark Tank's Barbara Corcoran. You may have seen Wall Street hedge fund companies advertise that they'll pay you instant cash for your home. Well, I hope you're not considering leaving the sale of your home up to a website. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. Selling your home is easy if you hire the right agent who can give you options. In Louisville, Bob Sokola can bring you an immediate cash offer. He has a track record of getting sellers more money than the average agent. Find out what your home is really worth. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get your home sold. News Radio 840 WHAS. Hope it's a good Sunday morning for you. Thank you, Barbara Corcoran. And you, well, you can call me anytime for selling your home or wanting to buy a home, but if you want to talk about our guaranteed sale program or instant offer program, just give me a call. You'd always cancel at any time. No, no extra fees with our guaranteed sale program or instant offer program. You can reach me for anything at 376-5483. That is my cell number. Three seven six five four eight three. Speaking about giving out your own cell phone numbers, we got Randy Rocky Swan Financial. You can reach him anytime six four five zero seven three six here in the studio. Good to have you here, Kevin Dissler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys eight nine five nine nine zero zero. My son Greg, who you can see on Instagram, and again you can reach me three seven six five four eight three. Okay, polling in the studio, Kevin at home, shoes on. Or off, slippers on, or off, socks on, or off. You shouldn't have to think about this that long. It's only a half hour show. Because, you know, shoes they, yeah, they, on? You know, uh, on all the time. time yes, on the, okay, of, uh, Randy, shoes on, off. About two thirds of the time, shoes are on. On, wow. Kevin, we, we tr- I would say two thirds off. We try. Okay. We I try. would tell you. Uh, we try, but it doesn't seem. Shoes good. don't make it upstairs. We're usually pretty diligent about not taking them upstairs. Yeah, I, I never wear shoes at the house. And here's yeah, the reason. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because you've got two big old German shepherds yeah, that, who track mud yeah, in, no, in the back all the then, time. Let me tell you about the bottom of my feet. I, I, I bought on Amazon, I bought this little plastic scrubbing thing that goes in the tub or a shower. So I have to scrub the bottoms of my feet before I go to sleep because there's, there's so much dirt. Yeah, I would say at your house, I would yeah. wear shoes. <laughs> we only keep them in the kitchen, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so here's the other day. Poor Sandy is constantly, oh, my God, the amount of dirt that they bring Those in. Those two big yeah, girls. She's they're, a saint. They're, but, uh, they're gorgeous I dogs. I love though. our doggies. Um, so here are reasons <laughs> not to uh, put wear shoes in the house, Kevin. Uh, you'll cut down on vacuuming. It's a simple, common-sense thing that you remove your shoes at the door, but it actually will cut, cut down on the amount of dirt tracked into your home. No matter how well you wipe your shoes on a mat, particles still cling to the grooves and crevices of your shoes, especially ones on rubber soles. And when it rains, shoes become even a bigger hazard, tracking in wet, muddy streaks all over your nice, clean floors. Duh. Yeah. You'll uh, banish toxins. More than just dirt clings to your soles, toxins get a free ride indoors, too. A Baylor University study showed an increased risk of cancer in people who lived near coastal, tarred, sealed asphalt pavement. Mm. Cartol particles and other contaminants can easily be picked up by shoes and brought straight into your home. That's a surprise. Now, I, now I will say, when I lived in New York, uh-huh. I was very strict about that because, you know, you're walking around the city all oh, the time. Shoes off terrible. at the door. And this yeah. is the thing. It's gross you out. Some of the stuff, you yeah. don't want to get in your bed. Not kidding. Yeah. We lived in a studio apartment, so my bed wasn't far from the door. Yeah. You got to take those things off. You will stay healthier. Bacteria found on shoes include strains that cause infectious infections like meningitis, diarrhea, and even pneumonia. According, I told you this was going to gross you accor- out. Well, according to a study conducted by Charles Gerba, who's a mic- microbiologist at the University of Arizona, 
as well. A study in uh, Houston examined household contamination uh, with spores that were found that are not so good for you. And again, I'm not going to go into it because it's a morning it will gross show. you yeah. out. You'll reduce chemical exposure. I think we've gone into that. But also, if your house is surrounded by weed-free lawns, watch out. Herbicides used to treat lawns can stick to the soles of your shoes. Didn't we just the and, Roundup case? The, yeah, uh, but that, yeah, that was using it to spray it. But, but not, still, you, not walk to walk in, in. you walk in and you bring it in yeah. your house. Strengthening your feet and legs. How often do you walk around without shoes? Orthopedic medicine has found that there are multiple health benefits to ditching your footwear frequently. So one of our old, our um, old business coach uses those shoes that are that wrap to your toes. So he walks around all day because Alex of the, does, because yeah, of the yeah, benefits yeah. of no shoes of no shoes. It'll strengthen your leg muscles as well. You create a sacred space in many countries in the Middle East, Asia, and Africa. And I know this when I go into a house, I ask, should I take my shoes off, especially if it's certain ethnicities that I realize that, that, that is a common occurrence. But in, in many, going in no shoes at home is the norm. When the tradition may have cultural roots, it can be adopted and adapted to fit any lifestyle. As one of its many benefits, the custom establishes a positive ritual that honors your home and creates a sacred space. And then uh, finally, uh, you'll leave negativity at the door. Shoes are constraining, so break free. This is so true. When yeah. I, whenever I go do a photography appointment, the first thing I do is take off my shoes, and the sellers will either say yes or no. That's uh-huh. okay, but it always breaks this feeling of tension. Like it's like it's like the Mister Rogers. Like, don't you be my name. Like, I'll take off my shoes and I have a chat with them, and it breaks tension because I look comfortable. You you do continue to wear your socks. So yes, sure yes, and if it's a Thank home, goodness. and if it's and if it's a vacant home that's dirty and not broom swept, I will leave them on. But leave shoes on. Gotcha. All right, so that helps. I think. That that was a couple of surprising things, and I think Kevin already has taken his shoes off here in the studio. So thank you very that much. That is what the <laughs> smell is. Socks now. Socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back, to, back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sikoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Jane. Yeah. I finally saved up enough money to buy my first house, and mm-hmm. I called a real estate agent that my family recommended. But the agent said she won't take me out to look for homes until I get a pre-approval letter from a mortgage company. I don't want my credit ruined, so I don't want to talk to a mortgage company until I find a house. The agent says that's not the way to do it. Why? So we're seeing more and more of this, which is the, uh, I feel the correct way. Randy, talk about it. Uh, yes, and your credit would not be ruined. You're just uh, pulling for a home mortgage, and it should not drop your credit uh, uh, when, you, when you're looking for a, a house. So unless you, it's just, it just one inquiry. Uh, and yes, you absolutely want to get your credit check. And, and, and I really recommend you want to do it six months before you buy. And, uh, the reason is, is there's something that we need to clear up. We have six months to clear it up. I think some of this was, there used to be a company on the internet. You, you punched it in and they'd send it out to seven different lenders and they'd all run credit. I think they're still and, out uh, there. Do, yeah. Does it, do they still yes. do that? Yeah. Yes. So I think it's, you know, multiple inquiries, multiple inquiries at the same time. Is that a problem? Uh, it, it can be. If it's a home mortgage, you, you should still be okay. If you, if you had seven different credit cards, yes, that'd be a problem. It's, but it's, it's just a soft pull, right? No, it's a hard. It is a hard pull. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yes. Just about when they're multiple. But on the, on the real estate side, on the, on the agent side of this, and why would you want to do it is because, well, say you don't have your credit your credit report pulled and you don't know what it's like. Yeah, you may have saved enough money, but you're now into a house that you love. And all of a sudden, you go get your credit pulled, and lo and behold, there's something that they find, right. and you don't have any time to make up for it, and you've lost the house 
that you would have loved if you would have just done your due diligence sooner. Well, and the, and the other thing uh, with that, Greg, is is what is your credit score? Because then there are different programs and different payments. Because, yeah. you know, most people are payment-driven. And how much money will you have to put down? So, yes, she definitely needs to have how much money? Pool. How much house can you afford? Yeah, I exactly. mean, that's, yeah. There's a whole list of reasons why you need your credit pulled and you be, be pre-qualified before you go out with an an agent. There are so many moving parts to the purchase yes. and closing of a home that agents need to juggle. That's why we have a team, so we have admin people who are working behind the scenes to make sure everything moves forward. But even at the closing table, Kev, you've seen things yeah. fall apart yeah. at the last minute. Well, that's what we were just talking about. I think Greg was mentioning you had four stacked up. Well, like this person who's going to you're, – you're gumming up the system. You've got a seller under a contract, and they're going out to look for a new place. We've got an apartment. Uh, they put a contract in another house. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, she finds out maybe she can't afford, say, a $200,000 house because yeah. she had pre-approved. The whole system tends to. We were talking about the percentage of deals that don't go through. Much yeah. higher now. Yeah. And part of that is the reason that people don't do their get, due diligence. Get first. pre-approved. Our thanks to Kevin Dissler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 645-0736. Thank you, gents. Thank you, my son, Greg. Bye who does a great job with our photography and uh, marketing. You can see his stuff at louisville3d.com. And you can call me anytime, 376-5483. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.